stories of magic and monsters, handsome princes and damsels in distress, fairy tales capture the imaginations of children all around the world, opening their minds to the wildest of possibilities. To grown-ups, however, most fairy tales seem too unrealistic to hold any gain of truth. But perhaps that shouldn't be the case. Looking at fairy tales through the lens of science reveals some stories aren't as far-fetched as they initially appears to be. This is between fact and fiction. Magic or sorcery is the use of rituals, symbols, and language with the aim of exploiting supernatural forces. The belief and practice of magic has been present since the earliest human cultures and continues to have an important spiritual and religious role in many cultures today. The belief that one can influence supernatural powers by prayer, sacrifice, or invocation dates back to prehistoric religions and it can be found in early records such as the Egyptian pyramid texts and the Indian Vedas. In parts of Mesopotamian religion, magic was believed in and actively practiced at the city of York. Archaeologists have excavated houses dating from the 4th and the 5th centuries BCE, in which cuneiform clay tablets have been unearthed, containing magical incantations. Magic is sometimes practiced in isolation and secrecy and often viewed with skepticism and suspicion by the scientific community. In non-scientific societies, a perceived magical attack is sometimes employed to explain personal misfortune. The concept of magic considered distinct from religion, was first widely recognized in Judaism, which defined the practices of pagan worship designed to appease and receive benefits from gods other than Yahu as magic. Magical rituals are the precisely defined actions, including speech, used to work magic. These actions typically consist of gestures, possibly performed with special objects at a particular place or time. Object location and performer may require purification beforehand, a condition that parallels the felicity conditions. The performance of magic almost always involves the use of language, whether spoken out loud or unspoken, words are frequently used to access or guide magical powers. In The Magical Power of Words, 1968, 
CJ Tampia argues that the connection between language and magic is due to a belief in the inherent ability of words to influence the universe. Magical speech is therefore a ritual act and is of equal or even greater importance to the performance of magic than nonverbal acts. But not all speech is considered magical. Only certain words and phrases or words spoken in specific contexts are considered to have magical power. A magician is any practitioner of magic. The position of magical knowledge alone may be insufficient to grant magical power. Often a person must also possess certain magical object, traits, or life experiences in order to be a magician. Among the Azande, for example, in order to question an oracle, a man must have both the physical oracle and knowledge of the words and the rights needed to make the object function. The most commonly method of identifying and establishing magical practitioners from common people is by initiation, by means of rites, the magician's relationships to the supernatural, and his entry into a closed professional class is established, often through death or rebirth into a new life. Witchcraft means the practice and belief in magical skills and abilities that are able to be exercised individually by designated social groups or by persons with the necessary knowledge. The concept of witchcraft and the belief of its existence have existed throughout recorded history and continues to have an important role in many cultures today. Scientifically, the existence of magical powers and witchcraft are generally believed to lack credence and to be unsupported by high-quality experimental testing, although individual witchcraft practices and effects may be open to scientific explanations or explained via psychology. Historically, the predominant concept of witchcraft in the Western world derives from Old Testament laws against witchcraft and enters the mainstream when belief in witchcraft gained the church approval in the early modern period. In anthropological and historical contexts, this is often termed witchcraft or sorcery and the perceived attackers, witches or sorcerers, their maleficium, a term that applies to any magical act intended to cause harm or death to people. Known members of the community may be accused as witches, or the witches may be perceived as supernatural, non-human entities. In early modern Europe and Britain, such accusations led to the executions of tens of thousands of people who were seen to be in a league with Satan. Those accused of being satanic 
were often practitioners of folk magic. And to be specific, black magic. Black magic or dark magic has traditionally referred to the use of supernatural powers or magic for evil and selfish purposes. Like its counterpart, white magic, the origins of black magic can be traced to the primitive ritualistic worship of spirits. During the Renaissance, many magical practices and rituals were considered evil or irreligious, and by extension, black magic in the broad sense. In particular, though, the term was most commonly reserved for those accused of invoking demons and other evil spirits, those hexing or cursing their neighbors, and those using magic to destroy crops, and those capable of leaving their earthly bodies and traveling great distance in spirit. The influence of popular culture has allowed other practices to be drawn in under the broad banner of black magic, including the concept of Satanism. While the invocation of demons or spirits is an accepted part of black magic, this practice is distinct from the worship of such spiritual beings. That's concluding part one. I have split it into two parts because of the complexity of the subject matter. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, leave a review on iTunes. And if you're on SoundCloud, hit the like button and share with friends. And if you want to know more about me and the show, visit my website. That's betweenfactandfictionblog.wordpress.com. You'll find there my Twitter, Instagram, and my SoundCloud. And a shout out to Same in the End Podcast for mentioning me in their latest episode. You can check their podcast out. They're really great. And a special thanks to my friend, Sing, creator of the show, Whispers in the Night. Sing is dedicated to explore the many layers of fear in every one of us. His show is just the right tone for campfire stories. You can check him out on Twitter at Whispers Podcast. Till the next time.